0: Welcome back to the Thundersticks Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Kreider, and today we are continuing the draft scouting series. I'm gonna be talking about Chet Holmgren in depth, his strengths and improvement areas moving forward, how he stacks up in comparison to other players in terms of measurables, uh his ceiling, his floor, and what my overall assessment is on him. And to top it all off, guys, I have a very special offer from my good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook, so you do not want to miss out on that. But starting things out here with Chet Holmgren. He has been basically the name for the 2022 draft class for years now. When you look at you know his ESPN recruiting profile, he's the top guy. When you look Even in the high school tape, he's always been considered the top guy. And going into the draft class, he's mocked to be a top three pick. If he's not going one, lots of sites have him going two. We'll have to see what the front offices think. But there is reason to believe he'll be considered very high on the top of the board. And it just starts with what the modern NBA has kind of started to desire. And it's having that unicorn type prospect if you will now when you look at Chet in comparison to someone like Evan Mobley I'd say Mobley last year might fit that bill a little bit better but in terms of what I mean uh, under that construct it's just that lengthy seven footer who is able to space the floor out for you he can play the game at a much higher octane and is able to in some sense you know handle the basketball kind of the do-it-all type prospect if you will in a front court player and you're trying to find those guys that possess guard-like attributes almost where they can you know create on the deck for themselves they can be that creator uh, in a pick and roll situation whatever it may be that's what a lot of intrigue has been centralized on and it's not about having that flat-footed center who's going to be dominant in the post and get your rebounds anymore you want to find those centers that can get you those 16 wins in the postseason. And a lot of that comes with floor spacing and being able to kind of create for yourself and defensively being able to stack up against a flurry of different positions. And when you check this draft glass and who might be that, you know, seven footer, um, it's Chet Holmgren out of Gonzaga. So looking into his collegiate stats, playing with the Bulldogs, he averaged 14.1 points, 9.9 rebounds, 1.9 assists. 0.8 steals, 3.7 blocks, 2.4 turnovers, 2.7 fouls, and he shot 60.7% from the floor and 39% from three, taking 3.3 attempts per game. Checking out the free throw line stats, he shot 71.1%, taking just a tick above three attempts a game. Big thing with Chet Holmgren has to be the measurables that's why all the eyes have been locked on him really from the get-go he is a cream of the crop prospect under this pegged archetype he has at seven feet tall he projects at that center spot moving into the nba he is a bit on the smaller side in terms of weight you'll see him anywhere from like 200 to 190 pounds based on whatever source you'll find but if he's at 200 pounds, he's barely on the doorstep right now. He is extremely skinny for the position. But regardless, his frame is one of the most unique to hit the draft process, and especially one that is at the top of the board. You don't commonly find, you know, centers that are 200 pounds, um, you know, getting the top three consideration. There's always those seven foot prospects in draft classes. In particular, now we're starting to see more pop up. But. They're not really viewed as centers, and they're not really viewed to be a top prospect in a draft class. And when you look at players in the league now that have a similar body type, and this is simply off of you know measuring your your height and stepping on the scale, nothing else. We're not talking about game. We're not talking about skill set, this or that. Poku uh, from the Oklahoma City Thunder stacks up well. Alexei Pokushevsky is also 7 feet tall, 190 pounds Um, But I will say, I think Chet is a lot more powerful, way more strength than Poku. And we'll go into that. I don't think that he is a, a good comparison really for Chet, to be honest with you. But that's just where you look as, you know, someone with a similar body type. And for other guys, you know, I talked about Evan Mobley from last year's draft class. He's a little bit more built out. I would say he is seven feet tall, 215 pounds. But you also have other guys that, you know, were not big, uh, stepping on that scale, but turned out very well as creators at the next level. You look at guys like Kevin Durant and Brandon Ingram. You know, they were not 230, 240 pounds, really. Whenever they're making the NBA rounds, they had to work up to that with years and years of, you know, correct dieting and such. But you know, they were skinny, and it, it obviously works. You know, this isn't like football where. You have to have a lot of muscle built on you to play something like the line, right? In the NBA, if you're able to put the ball in the basket, it really doesn't matter. And if you can play defense, doesn't matter if you're 200 pounds, doesn't matter if you're 280 pounds, and you are the jacked, most jacked player, you know, in mankind, right? Like, it's not as much of an emphasis. Obviously, you want to work on it, but that's where he stands right now as a player. And coinciding with that lengthy frame. He really puts that punctuation mark on it with a seven foot six wingspan. Now, this is also one where you'll see him with a seven five wingspan, seven six. We'll go seven six with this one. And, you know, he has uh, kind of that positional nightmare type deal where he has the guard skills seven feet tall, seven foot six wingspan, and he can move the court at a pretty good pace uh, for the position. So, going into his strengths, the biggest strength for Chet is his rim protection ability and what he lacks in overall weight he's making up for in his length in particular he does it rejecting shots one of the most dominant shot blockers in college in this draft class did it under multiple types of situations and just working off the frame we talked about he's a capable shot blocker without even getting off the ground standing reach not recorded. He didn't go to the combine for measurables. I'm assuming he went there and, and might have done a, an interview or two with some of the top teams, but he did not participate in events. And for being a top three considered pick, you really can't blame him or the agency for that decision. Anyways, though, with his build, seven foot, seven foot six wingspan, nightmarish going straight vertical on you. That's going to result in some contests and even some shot blocks without him having to move really a muscle in that sedentary position and he does a good job remaining vertical around the basket and that leads to a lot of centers like attempting to create in the post game and you'd think that might be red flag given his weight and let's say he's 190 because that's where we have seen it a lot of the times here he still does a solid job closing the distance uh, because you know they're able to get some space, some like just you know lowering the shoulder, brute forcing their way inside. Others like the post spin because that gives that angle. Uh, but he's able to make up for it that that given up distance due to the stall, tall stature that he carries. And in the cases that Holmgren has to elevate to reject shots, you know the level of difficulty for the offensive player is just. Increased detrimentally on multiple occasions, you know, he's like jumping over, like, not over a teammate, but he's that second level of defense almost. His teammate is maybe a foot or two ahead of him, and he's guarding someone in the post. Someone goes up for like a post shot, Holmgren elevates up and rejects it as the second line man. Like, that's a very impressive block when I'm looking at stuff like that, and that's something that definitely will carry over just being able to be that final line of defense that some players will just have a hard time really getting through and just generally speaking i think like the radius of the floor that chet controls as a shot blocker is a lot higher than most centers that you're going to find because he's able to navigate the floor at such a quick speed and he has the length to elevate and make a lot of stuff happen and when you look at you know hounding the front court players in the shot blocking department, you know, he's able to, you know, move those ticks defensively really to another level. Like he, he can allow guards to kind of get a step or two on him off a dribble penetration. But, you know, in that closing distance, his strides are so long and he does have that verticality to where he can, you know, get a pin down block or he can chase you down and at bare minimum, make it a very difficult shot for a defender because they know the pressure is coming. It's just a matter of how fast you're able to get that shot off and are you able to kind of shield Chet away from you with you know those long arms that he possesses. So the big thing is just the way he's able to reject. You've seen some some tape of him as a weak side defender being able to reject shots. Uh, there's other cases where guys like Jalen Duran. In the tournament, we're looking to play bowling ball, and he goes for post spins. Might get that angle, but Chet is able to just get it right back based on uh, the frame that he has. So he's able to hold his ground despite that frame, and he's able to kind of be that workhorse, whether he's right under the rim or he's kind of on the prowl trying to help out with other you know teammates. One of my favorite parts about this, too, was Chet wasn't getting crazy numbers of fouls while playing. Now, he did play about 27 minutes per game, 2.7 fouls per game. You want to move that over to a per 40-minute slate. That's about four fouls, and you want to get that a little bit lower. But, you know, considering he's getting 3.7 blocks to 2.7 fouls, I'll say that's a pretty good trade-off for him, and it really shows that he is well-disciplined when it comes to uh, going against these other opponents because they're looking to create contact. They want to try to get him out of the game early with these fouls, but he's able to man his position pretty well and get the ball going the other way with a rejection. So given like his length, sneaky verticality as well, and just the agility he possesses he has that all-around package to be a very good rim protector and somebody that is going to give some headaches to the opposing side and that's the one part that carries over to his ne- uh, to the next level 100 percent. another thing that you look at with chet is his finishing ability i think when going into this process and when people are evaluating him one question is how is he going to be able to score in the paint against NBA-level centers on a routine basis. If you look at the college tape, I think that's the good indicator that he should have that scoring ability still ingrained in him. And he was one of the best interior forces in college. In years, we've seen a D1. He did it alternating shooting hands and left to right looked pretty damn consistent. In all... He led the nation in points in the paint, shooting 80 of 100 right under the basket. That's an 80% clip in his lone season. And though he was more about going with his dominant hand, right-handed, that's to be expected, he still could get shots around the basket with his offhand. And that is something that when you look at the top of the board, I know that guys like Jabari and Paolo are not the same position like they're front court members but they're not really solidified fives when they drive they have a preference it's the right hand Jabari probably is the most dominant on that right hand at least in terms of where he has to go he's not as matured on the left hand Paulo a little bit more matured than Jabari but Chet is sound on both hands has the dexterity necessary and with his build He's a monster on either side. As long as he's around the paint and he has a mismatch on him, that is a high-quality look around the basket for him. And in terms of shot creation inside the paint, you saw a good amount of them come off of just an entry pass inside or a second-chance look. You cannot discredit his amazing footwork, though. He has a perfect build inside for some of these shots. Got to go towards some other... Uh, advantages because he's 190 pounds and a lot of times he went towards the post spin to gain some separation and because of that length if he's able to get that spin around you he just has to elevate get that hand going up and pop a shot right over you very difficult to block when it's a bang bang play just like that and he's able to play up a few sizes anyways if there's no kind of shenanigans with that post spin or finding an angle with his footwork pivoting around until he gets the angle he wants on the glass he's still willing to go right in you absorb contact and be able to complete the play and that is very special and it's not on it's not just on layups it's on driving dunks as well comes in the half court and in the fast break setting he's a very scary force in the alley-oop department as well We saw, and this is something I'll I'll cover later, we saw like he was good at setting screens, slipping it, and defenders would kind of forget about him. Just a little loft pass up to him could lead to an easy bucket or just throw that alley-oop, and he was able to convert as well. So he's just so multiverse when it comes to the ways he's able to contribute around the paint, and that is something that gives a lot of value for whichever team takes him at the top of the board. So he's in so many different conversations in terms of how he can impact the paint play uh, just off of his scoring ability. Another thing that caters towards that is he's a great downhill threat. And it's not just off of getting the rebound and getting the offense going. In fact, he's a really good coast-to-coast player, and he might be one of the better front court coast-to-coast operators that we have not just in this draft class but looking into some of the players at the next level right now and he was the guy for rebounding purposes he averaged damn near a double double 9.9 rebounds per game but the thing that distinguished him from other centers in this ballpark number one a lot of them are these flat-footed centers like we talked about very strong but you wouldn't really expect them to run the full length of the court. They got to throw that outlet pass immediately. Chet is not like that. He will get the ball, and he is looking to go the other way and put a bucket down in a very quick fashion. He loves running the full length of the floor, and he will scan the floor first for potential outlet passes. That can be full court ones, uh, in all honesty, too. But if those close up... He likes to cross the ball past the timeline himself, and this is where he is so lethal as a player. If he's matched up against undersized competition, defenders often just play back. They want to ensure he's not slashing to the basket, and depending on who it is, he can still take it right to you in the fast break, but with that and their committal to playing the paint and making sure he doesn't get an opportunity down there, They let him shoot at the top of the key and this is a very big mistake because Holmgren has basically mastered the transition top of the key shot staple of his game and sometimes he would just hit back to back to back top of the key triples in transition out of a coast to coast set and it was ridiculous seeing some of this stuff go down. I will say the tape where we saw these like in succession plays, this is the beginning of the year where Gonzaga was not playing high level opponents and they're in the invitationals, but it still kind of shows you that he is most definitely practicing it and an open shot's an open shot. You know, if, if your defenders are going to disrespect you like that, he can still get hot and he can, he can really start getting the numbers up in a very quick amount of time. On the other side of it, let's say he crosses the timeline and he sees an opening to slash towards the basket, he most definitely can. He has the long strides to do so, and he's able to sift through some of these other front court defenders, getting those situations where he's up against guys that are six foot six um on the other side of the court because those big centers are not able to move as fast as Holmgren. Plain and simple. That's why his transition game is as lethal as it is he can go right to the body of that six foot six guy get a foul or get a high quality look going right into them and you still can look back on that moving spin as we talked about it's a great gather move for him and it just gets so much more space uh, to be available for him And, and it gets him that angle when he's looking to get those layups up and in But, um, basically he's going to get a quality look out of that coast to coast, given that these centers are just not back on the other side of the floor. Even when he doesn't have the ball, let's say he throws the outlet pass or the rebound's not even his, he's still lethal. And this is a quality that I value a lot. And it's not talked about near enough. It's how effective you can be as a trailer. Are you going to be the last man past the timeline? And if you are, are you able to hide in the shadows, spot up at a wing and just pop a three? If you can, that is a major checkmark when I'm looking to evaluate some of these front court guys. Chet Holmgren is able to do that at a really efficient rate. He can hide in those early developments of the possession and it allows him to be that trailer where let's say the point guard is at the right wing. All five of the other members are back and Holmgren is still kind of prancing up the floor. His man might be out of position by a little bit. He might be at the right elbow. He might be looking to survey the paint or he might know Chet is coming. He's going to use his point guard. Let's use Nemhart as the example, as like a shield. So Nemhart will shield off, throws it back to Holmgren as that trailer and he will launch it. That is a very good play in the playbook and it really gets you a high quality look in a matter of no time you know there's not much play development that has to happen it's just outsmarting your man and catching him with his pants down if you will Holmgren does that not just on a trailer but in transition play and just in general I think he's smart about where he goes with some of these shots defensively you want to look towards his potential we already talked about the Arguably best part of his game in rim protection. But pick and roll defense is another thing that needs to be brought up to the table because teams are setting screens. This will be a theme on every prospect. And every scouting report needs to have it. How are you going to be able to defend these screens as a front court player? Because if you are that bad at setting screens, you are going to get torched and you're going to go from being that really good 82-game player to almost a liability come playoff time. And we've seen cases of this um, even in this playoffs where some guys ran off the court. I know, let's use a Thunder example, like Ennis Cantor, when he was hanging around, was not the best option to play against a team like Golden State. Steven Adams, not your ideal matchup either when he was around here. So you need to make sure that, your five and your four are able to play at the perimeter in stints and are able to hedge at least and get back onto their man without a ton of craziness happening because the game is expanding in range. These guards are becoming much, much better in self-creation and so are other positions. So you have to catch up on the other side of the basketball. Holmgren does a stellar job with his framework and I think that's going to help him when it comes to defending out of the pick-and-roll defense. And he's a nimble guy. That's one of the upsides to being 190 pounds. He's able to scale the floor in a very quick manner. And he does an excellent job in hedging and sometimes just outright switching on these off ball screens. On the chance, Holmgren kind of over pursues on a ball handler. Um, you know, that's going to lead to an opening in the interior. Let's say someone slips or someone just straight rolls to the basket. He can still get that ground up, and this caters towards the rim protection we talked about to uh, at least contest the shot or make them second guess what they're doing when Holmgren has to stay out of the out like on the perimeter after that initial screen, he's not the best in terms of like mirroring them footwork wise sometimes leads to that step or two given up. I think he does a far better job than that average center though. And just based on his overall movement, I think it's an overall plus going forward with how he's able to defend. And another thing with the length is he's able to cut off some of those passing lanes. You know, if you're if you're up against a six eight center, maybe small ball could be able to loft passes up off of a high ball screen with Holmgren. A little bit more of a difficult task. He has a a pretty big hitbox where you just can't throw the ball or he's able to get in the conversation and and get the ball going the other way. Literally going the other way on the pick and roll stance. I want to talk about his offensive ability. And this is another major part of his game. He has that shooting ability. Shot 39% from the perimeter this year and teams were allowing him to shoot it based on not wanting him in the painted area. Lethal target to convert off of Pops following a screen. And due to his interior work, a lot of the shots were just handed to him. Like I said, they'd rather test his catch and shoot percentage than let him roll to the basket and try to work around uh, in that area of his game. Due to his quickness, he's able to free himself up for the cuts too against Biggs. And he gets that initial step. On the cut to get the entry, to get those loft passes and and dial it up and in, so he is dangerous on both sides of the scale. Whether he's setting that high ball screen or, or rolling or popping, he's a viable option. And based on how teams are being constructed now and how you're trying to build out your perimeter teams, Holmgren works with that because he needs to draw attention from the perimeter. And if you are kind of sleeping on him, he's able to pop it. If you're over-pursuing, he can still go right inside of the basket. Very, very solid on that element of things. And I'd say one of the sneakiest parts of playing out of high ball screens came from his lob threat ability, where he was able to sneak into the shadows for whatever reason, and there was minimal rotation to the basket, just leaving to easy shots and sometimes they would intentionally try to collapse on the ball handler you know pressure nem or whoever it would be to not be able to pass the ball inside and, and if it was it, it'd be up in the air way too long and someone else could help rotate and get the ball uh, over there but if they were not perfect on it it was a green light for Holmgren to succeed off of the alley-oop and that's another thing that should continue when um he moves over to the next level so he's able to be the trump card over those doubles and i'd say even on switches it's kind of nightmarish due to the size mismatch and hell if you have a late reaction on the hedge he can still burn you ball handling is one of the big big swing factors and he's already shown the ability to handle the basketball but this is where you start thinking about expanding the current trajectory of of where he's at and he still needs to make those improvements but like i said I, I like the foundation he has set aside for himself he showed a lot of the handling ability going coast to coast and he has a very good behind the back move that creates some space for him but also he does have a moves, moving crossover in transition that can lead to some good angles on drives Nothing too crazy in terms of like size up, no combinations of such. Don't think he's playing isolation basketball, at least as like a primary ball handler right now, obviously. And I don't think he is going to be, but he has like the rudimentary base. And if it's a six foot two guy who only has a moving crossover and a behind the back that you like, it's not that impressive. But at seven feet tall, it's kind of a sweet addition that you can kind of work off of moving forward. So he's a very good handler in the fast break. I will say the handle is a bit on the looser side, but the strides combined with just that like tiny change of direction can make a really big impact when going up against some of these other guys. So that's where I'd find that. You hope he's able to be a ball handler in the half court, at least at some capacity. But he has the tools at least pushing the pace um, in transition play. Another thing is just the shot. And if you were to put down the pecking order of why Chet is as valued as he is, shooting ability probably is in the top three. I know I'm talking about this like it's its sixth or seventh skill on the line. Trust me, it's not. But he is damn good at it. And he knocked it out of the park with his shooting It's sort of like Cade Cunningham, where when he joined Oklahoma State, it wasn't expected to be a 40% shooter from three. He was, and it was amazing. You know, that that kind of solidified his stock as the number one player in the class. For Chet, didn't really have a set projection on where he would be at shooting-wise. You saw tape from him being able to launch from distance, but 39%... You know, that is one where it's also surprising, but it's even more surprising how he was able to open himself up and convert on some of these shots. He shot 41 of 105 in total from distance this year. Got the transition pull-up basically added, injected into his veins, if you will. In addition to that, because teams just didn't have the body to take on Holmgren— They allowed him to test his waters on the catch and shoot, and he did a really good job on that. Also saw him play some stints out of DHOs and just coming around screens. Those came sparingly, but the results were big time, and I think it's enough to really show the potential that he has. Not just as this sedentary guy who might set you that ball screen and fade, but you could really involve him as an off-ball mover and make plays designed to get him open at a wing for a three-point shot and that's what makes him a very special talent on the offensive side of the ball and the thing that really ties it all together is just the agility and the toughness that he provides if you're under 200 pounds at seven feet tall really goes without saying not only are you an oddity but you are very slender for your height NBA bodies, for the most part, if you're 7 feet tall, you're 250 pounds plus. And you're still going to be athletic for the most part. Sometimes you can shoot it from downtown. Holmgren plays like he's 250 pounds. I guess that's the best way to put it. Obviously, he's not, but he's really fearless when it comes to attacking the basket and how he plays on the defensive side of the basketball. I think it mitigates... You know, the the skinny frame he plays under and had you not been able to just look at him and say, Oh, he's skinny and you just look simply off the game and some of the highlight reel, like yeah, you you would think he's definitely weighing more than his current weight class. Might not be the strongest player on the floor. I think though that with that agility also helps and it gives him the pro of um being able to kind of hover around a good a good portion of the court and still recover i think his willingness to engage though just about everywhere is a bright spot and it helps show like where he could be just based on his overall ethic when he steps on the hardwood want to move into some of the weaknesses in one second here but first i want to let you guys know about a very special offer going on with my good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Are you ready for the NBA champs to be crowned? Join the finals action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA bet and get $150 in free bets instantly. Looking to turn another small bet into a big payday during the NBA finals? With a DraftKings same-game parlay, You can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more, and boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Here's what you have to do for the offer. Go ahead and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet during the NBA Finals and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Going into more of the improvement areas for Chet, the first one Is the one everybody talks about? If you are just checking the, you know, average evaluator, and just you could ask a five-year-old, right? Like, you know, the the size and the weight is something that could be viewed as a point of concern. And he's done a magnificent job playing under the frame. Like as I've discussed, he doesn't play like he's seven foot two hundred pounds. You know, there is a downside to. Being a you know playing under such a lanky frame though, and you saw that those centers he played were not like the NBA ready type. You know, there's always a flaw here or there in the whack. Um, but you did see a lot of back to basket bigs, and they were looking to just take him down off of back downs. I talked about it like he, they were able to get some room off of just bully ball. But Holmgren does a really good job of closing out. So that's not a major, major concern. You still want to add more weight to him, though, and that's going to be a given. I'm sure he's on a really good routine right now. And at Gonzaga, they were trying to get the weight up. At the NBA level, it should be continuing. Rest assured, he's eating well, right? But I think that it's just that one area. It's not a a, a big... Problem. I think it's more on the injury side, if anything, that it's a concern because when he's playing on the floor, he doesn't play like a little baby that that's undersized, right? Like he's able to man up and he's able to defend front court players at a high rate. You just don't want to see him get in a cycle of an injury and it just you know continues to float around with him. I already mentioned the Duran matchup where. I'd say he held his own. Now, Duran, you know, he did have a couple good moves going to his post-spin, but eventually Holmgren got to him, and there wasn't really any more back-to-basket plays that helped out for Memphis. So I think that he's good under his current build. He just needs to add on a little bit more as he continues. This is another one that's not a... Major concern for me, but it's still worth talking about, and it is the release speed he has with his jumper. There wasn't much of an issue with his three-point shot with Gonzaga. Shooting 39%, that's spectacular for a center. At the NBA level, though, I think you're going to start to see defenders close out a lot harder than they did at college, because as I mentioned, transition threes were basically give for him this season teams were allowing it to happen and the same goes with catch and shoot shots they were they were okay sagging off because they just didn't want anything happen happening around you know the interior nba centers i think they'll be a little bit more versatile moving around the floor you can get a, a power forward even to help move around the, the court and get him at the perimeter just a little bit faster of a jump shot and a few kinks to that shot should make him really good to go because in terms of actual mechanics, he has a good release and he has a shooting motion that brings the ball like to his face level before taking the shot where it looks to be like nine feet off the ground basically. That's extremely impressive and it's hard to block, needless to say. I'd say that his jump shot really complements his height. Poku is an example where Alexei like has that fast jump shot, but basically shoots it at the chest. Jumper kind of sticks out a lot. Like It's almost a push shot where you'll see his seven-foot frame kind of uh, diminished a little bit because he doesn't launch it vertical. Holmgren does that, and that's what makes me... You know, pretty high on how he's able to shoot the ball. The one tweak is just the initial gather because his first motion is like taking it to his chest up to his release point. Takes a little bit longer than he might need to. It's just a tiny little nitpick with that shot, but um, it does make him a little bit more susceptible to closeouts, and it it does kind of give that giveaway when he's working on the ball so a bit smoother of a transition when going into that release would be big time I think in the catch and shoot it's not as big of an issue but if he's looking to play in space he's looking to take the ball on the deck and score he'll need to work on that just a little bit one other thing defensive footwork and one of the top guys when it comes to space recovery in this class could use a touch-up as that perimeter defender though Instance, he did a solid job defending the perimeter. I, I think his size, generally speaking, just makes him a wall that is pretty difficult to get around. But with guards like more and more honed in on on ball creation, I'd say step backs, that's like the new move that is just the go to for some players. Holmgren, you know, he's able to, to work on his footwork a little bit. I think that would help on closeouts and really tightening the gap on some of these faster guards. And blow-bys did occur in college, did well most of the time, but obviously if you're playing the De'Aaron Fox type and he blows by, it might be a different story than um, some of the other guards that he was hanging around. If he's ever tied up on switches, I think his more grounded stance leaves him vulnerable to some of those space creators. As long as he's in the general vicinity, though, His length should at least disrupt the defender when they're going up for some of these jump shots. Final thing I have is on his loose handle. At seven feet tall, it's not even expected for players to be on-ball creators and to be handling the basketball on their own. Chet has a looser handle than most, but I think it's a little bit unfair because that's comparing him to your traditional run-of-the-mill prospect. This is a 7-foot player. He has a good handle at 7 foot, and I'd say any move that he has is like a luxury just based on his position. I think that the loose handle does leave him pretty vulnerable to some of those guys swiping for loose change just in terms of pickpockets. And fast break, it's also a bit of a concern, but I don't think it's that bad. So that's what I'll say on that. In terms of some other areas... I talked about a little bit in transition how he is a good uh, coast-to-coast like passing guy in terms of the playmaking. He's really good at reading the floor um, when he gets into the post. There's some passes where it is so wacky, you have no clue how, how it happened. You just know it happened, and Chet's the one credited with an assist. Sometimes it didn't go with the assist, but he got someone wide open off a pass. So that's another part that you know, kind of wraps around into if his handle is tightened up, that's more on-ball possessions for him, that's more opportunities that he's driving inside, help has to come, and he's able to stick the ball to someone wide open at the corner or such. So there is a ripple that comes with how he handles the basketball. A lot of that is tied to his playmaking ability and sort of the boundaries that you'll find with that. Overall, though, Chet is a very unique talent. You don't find him in... A typical draft cycle. Very excellent playing around the basket, playing around the perimeter, and even creating for himself. It's just uncanny for a seven-foot player. And with a bulk expected, I think the weight should shoot up, he should be a handful moving forward. In terms of agility, very good pick-and-roll player on both sides of the ball. And if his three-ball stays afloat, which it should... He's going to be very difficult to cover when he is the one setting the screen there just because the three different options and the different coverages defenses will have to make all don't completely tie up everything just because he's so well-rounded coming out of uh, setting that screen. So he'll torture you off the pop around the basket. I'm really high on his footwork and just overall grittiness would like to see him pick up more fouls when he's driving inside. We've seen. Refs don't really give calls to more of these slim down forwards and centers, um, but maybe that will change when Holmgren is able to get some respect. At the next form though, I think that you know Holmgren is a player you could see in the mix for defensive accolades for a good while, and when I say his full form, I'm talking add on 20-30 pounds to him. Not to the point where his agility is completely taken away because you need to make sure he's still able to patrol the floor at a high rate, but kind of that smooth middle ground where you know he's bulked up, but he can also navigate fairly well. Just not your traditional center, and I think the way he's able to impact the game defensively is very, very big time. Same goes for um, some of the other areas, but swing factors for me, on ball creation has to be one of them, and handling is another one, just to limit the potential inconsistencies he might have in his play. But the current archetype makes him a very good contributor. Should make that impact. In terms of um, you know, like his projection and trajectory, could there be a rookie bump for sure? I think other guys like Paulo are gonna be more smooth sailing moving to the next level, but I don't think Chet should be all that concerned about his jump over. And the potential in three, four years is is really what you're buying into and how he's able to play. But he should slip into basically all systems as a screen setter. Can stay outside, and he can defend at a very high rate on the other end. When you're looking at the floor for Chet, I think that... He's still a guy averaging a double-double, basically. And if it's not every game, it's most of the games. Such a good rebounder. The length and his ability to set screens basically ties it all up. The one thing is, um, you know, is he going to be an effective ball handler? And that's what separates him from, you know, the all-star level type prospect that everybody is, is bought into and and what his ceiling would really be, but even without that, still should be getting your boards, still should be scoring at a high rate in the paint, and I still think with the pick and roll being such a big attribute, he's mastered it enough to where he'll be big time, and then even rejecting shots, he's going to be good, so Floor, still think he's a solid, solid player where he's going to be getting you numbers. Just comes down to really staying healthy, I think. In my evaluation, I think he is an all-star caliber center with defensive prowess. Still needs to master the areas in self-creation, but the blueprint is there as that double-double machine as I talked about. The length and versatility makes him a surefire option in the pick-and-roll from day one. And if that three-point shot remains at this level, he gives you the entire package offensively for what you would need at the five spot he's a name to watch in the shot blocking category for a while he's good at not collecting a ton of fouls and bunches and he can get your shot blocks you know standing still or playing on the chase so that's where I, I really I really value him as how he play as like your second level of defense but um Mentioned the floor as like that double double guy. I'll continue to say that. Like, I think he's still a contributor who could start on that playoff team for you. His traits come virtually like, I don't want to say risk free, but a lot of the skills that he brings are not uh, stuff that could fall off at the next level, if you would say. I think in, in a lot of cases, a lot of what he brings is not just solidified, but they also have a ton of potential for him to stretch his boundaries, such as playing off of DHOs and shooting out of those sets. Um, I mean, it's a lot about the rim protection and inside play for me that I think puts him ahead of the pack in terms of front court players. All about making sure he's healthy, though. That is the primary goal, and, and making sure that there's no big risks for him there. If he checks the boxes as a shooter, though, Ball handling comes in as that like big-time attribute for me. The sky becomes the limit. Um, he's a bit clunky, taking up the basketball now, but once in space, I think he's able to erupt in just a variety of ways, whether it's the three-ball or just slashing to the perimeter. In terms of versatility, hard to find a player more fitting than Holmgren at that seven uh, seven-foot spot. High floor, high ceiling prospect yield you some stats any day of the week. Just a big fan of that speed and self-creation. And um, it even makes it a thought of him moving to the power forward in some situations, if need be. If I'm playing him in a closing lineup, he's probably my five. But, you know, if you find that good option at the center spot, it's, it's not a big jump for him to go at the power forward position. Talon is really there for him. I think a franchise already built around a lot of screens would fit like a glove, kind of a juggernaut in that category, and then some. So I think he's in consideration for pick one down to pick three. Uh, Probably a top three prospect in this draft class. And Orlando, they got Wendell Carter. They got other returning guys. And and Mo Bamba, if they um, decide to keep him, Could also be in the cards. But guys like Jonathan Isaac, if they return from injury. Chuma Okiki. Yeah, Holmgren makes sense. Used to play ball with Jalen Suggs. Wanted to play with him in college. Obviously, Suggs left after one season. But that'd be a great reunion. I'm sure they already have a connection there. And Suggs is not the best three-point shooter, which is the one thing that kind of makes that tandem... eh, I don't want to say let's say rough a little bit like Suggs needs to sure up as a three-point shooter if he does I really like that duo the better one comes in Oklahoma City I think with SGA and Josh Giddy because both SGA and, and Giddy, I'll say Giddy in particular are very good at finding targets on the floor especially coming out of a screen or in isolation Giddy's gonna need screens a lot more often I think that's where Holmgren comes in to set those he's gonna force attraction when he decides to pop amplifies how Giddy would uh, be able to penetrate the basket or kick it out to a teammate so that's very lethal and with SGA he's already one of the best drivers in the league has led the league in drives the last two seasons so Holmgren is kind of the ideal fit for what has been going on there the big question is how do these teams value positionally what a championship contender looks like. Would they rather go after this center type prospect or a forward? If they're at the same level on their big board, I think it's been viewed like forwards are a little bit more valuable, but it all comes down to circumstance and the talent shows. He's a top 3 prospect. Very tantalizing player. He's shown basically flashes in every area of the game this year with the Bulldogs and it's going to make him one of the first guys called out of the green room. there's any other tidbits you'd like me to talk about or any discussion you'd like to bring up with me, make sure to let me know on my Twitter, at Ben Kreider. And you can also hit up the pod's Twitter, at ThunderstickPod, as well. But that's going to do it for today's episode, guys. I thank you all for listening, and I'll talk to you all next time. See ya.